Welcome back to the Pilgrim Faith Podcast, where human wonder fuels the quest for Christian wisdom. Dale and I are especially delighted today to be joined by our good brother, Justin Redimer, who is the new chief development officer as of, I believe, just a couple months ago with the Davenant Institute. When did you start, Justin? Was that November, something like that? I think it was October. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to take away your... uh, your six-month chip, uh, you know, too early. Uh, uh, Yeah, so what we're going to do today, uh, it's interesting. Our podcast is sponsored by the Davenant Institute, and a lot of folks know that and are kind of vague. We have a lot of podcast listeners or a handful of podcast listeners who are probably aware of the podcast but might not know that much about the Davenant Institute. And so what we think it'd be prudent today and helpful to to kind of situate what Dale and I are doing in the larger project of, of the Davenant Network and the Davenant Institute so that our, re, our, our, our listeners can be aware of that. And then also just talk to, to Justin, who's our development officer, about what you know, got him attracted to Davenant and what, uh, you know, what excites him about our, our organization. Uh, and so first, I think what you know, I'll just say for Dale and I, I shouldn't say for Dale and I, I'll, I'll say something, then I'll just pass it off to you, Dale. But uh, you know, I, I suppose uh, 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 one might say I, I've been around uh, Davenant back in the days of the quote, quote, OGs, as they'll probably become known in 20 years or something. One of the things that really attracted me to Davenant when I first became aware of it was its was, I think, its theological and philosophical uh, ethos. Part of that was, a, I think, a, a what I perceive to be a wise and cosmopolitan vision of of the of the sources of knowing in other words there was this this felt need to to in our doing of philosophy and theology really be aware responsibly aware of 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 the various sources of knowledge that together <laughs> uh you know you know together constitute a, a profound evaluation of a thing but but that's hard uh, uh you, you know actually saying something intelligent and deep is actually hard and i think one of the things that mm. davenant and its founders like peter scalante and stephen wedgworth and brad littlejohn did well was provide events in an environment within which uh while remaining tethered to the orthodox and creedal and especially the protestant tradition in fact especially the the protestant kind of pan-protestant creedal tradition uh, the ethos is one of of conversation and a, and a non-nervousness about about uh, uh, guiding us through the the, the the intellectual journey a non-nervous about actually taking the journey and the moves of the mind that help people arrive at those conclusions and and what you know, so that's kind of part of that's become the conversational ethos that Dale and I cultivate at Pilgrim Faith. At Davenant Hall, what that looks like is, you know, all the faculty are tethered to a concrete Protestant tradition, but the environment in the class is that kind of anything can come up and we're not going to be nervous about that. We're here to learn. Uh, we're here to know. We're here to be open. None of us think of ourselves as, you know, you know, uh, having reached the final arrival, you know, of, of human knowledge, as as Bovink uh, uh, once wrote, the true dogmatics have not been written yet because we don't possess the beatific vision. There is a progress in theology, you know, that sort of thing. And what we want to do at Davenant, and what excites me is that it was a place where a creative minds and, and energe- intellectually energetic minds can be can confront the tradition. Uh, 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 take it very, very, very seriously and have it taken seriously, but also uh, 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 have that tutelage in the, in the context of, of a freed mind that, that is able to move and explore and to splash around, you know, without fear of, of, of you know, reprisal for that. And uh, mm. yeah, that was, you know, that really became that's again part of the ethos behind what Dale and I have done here, and uh, uh, I think it's very much the ethos of Davenant Hall. I regularly get comments from students, you know, talking about what a how refreshing it is to be in an environment where you're you're you can be guaranteed that we're coming from somewhere. It's not just unhooked from the from from the tradition or the ground or scripture, but uh, but it's but but it's. It, it, directed toward the fullness of one's humanity in a sense 
Dale, I'm going to pass it off to you. I don't want to talk too much. What a, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, no, I think I should. Brother. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I could say that many other things, uh, too, too much more than that, because I agree with everything you just said. I found a home with the Davenant folks because they were willing to allow people to ask questions that might otherwise be sort of poo-pooed or not taken seriously or whatever. Uh, and they were taken seriously and they and the questions that they were asking were were given a full answer, not just sort of scripted, bullet pointed, evangelical, Protestant, reformed, you know, stock answers. Um, and you really do see how wisdom works. So that's what attracted me to uh, Davenant as well. It was the people. It's the people that Davenant attracts. It's people mm. like Joe and Justin and Brad and. Uh, you know, our friend Ian Clary and all of the all of the faculty, it's it's that group of people that's willing to come together, sort of put the weapons down um, from wherever they're coming from uh, and just get into honest dialogue about what all of this, what what is this thing that we're living in <laughs> and what are these words that we say and what do they mean and how can we understand everything uh, more clearly pulling from tradition. So yeah, I think uh, Davenant is a refreshing uh, environment to be a part of, um, wherein you can have intellectual freedom to explore without feeling like you're violating something and you're going to, you know, be excommunicated or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's a bunch of friends trying to figure out the world. And along the way came Justin Redimer. I guess, Justin, probably your, your, your initial kind of foray would be, for those who don't know, Justin, uh, uh, we, we have another Redimer on our crew, Colin Redimer, Justin's younger brother, uh, that's a very important thing to point out, uh, yes. is is da the Davenant Institute's vice president uh, and has been, uh, I, I can't describe how thankful I am for Colin and all that he does for the Davenant Institute. He makes us cool and based uh, uh, when we might otherwise not be, uh, just be, we might be more nerdy, uh, you know, without Colin, uh, deeply insightful, uh, very energetic. Uh, and via Colin, I guess just at this last convivium, Justin, we were, we were introduced to his older uh, and uh, impressively larger brother, which, uh, which is not easy to do. Uh, more attractive, more, more attractive, more intelligent, uh, <laughs> yes. of all the things. Uh, but yeah, maybe talk to us about, uh, I think that, if I recall that conference, that, that, that South Carolina conference was probably your first sort of, sort of really kind of meeting the guys, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. The, uh, the younger brother tag, which was a burden to him for the first 20 something years of his life has now reversed. <laughs> now, it's what he hangs his hat on is i'm now 40 and moving into 40s and toward death he's like yes. i'm the younger brother yes <laughs> yes. yes yes that's right it's amazing how god has a sense of humor and design this way anyway yeah, um indeed that's right i uh yeah i i had heard of davenant obviously i supported colin i had supported him when he worked with intervarsity and then he told me about this other organization but you know i uh i didn't really look too much into it it wasn't something like I was really kind of invested in. And then, uh, you know, I, I was heavily involved coaching football at the head coach of this urban school in the Bay area and, uh, teaching and all these other things. And when I stepped down from coaching, I realized I have all this time. I started looking around for things. I go to this convivium, Colin invites me to this convivium. I finally have time to go. I never had time before because I was always coaching, always doing stuff. And I walk into this kind of, national convivium and i realized that there's all these young men who have all these ideas and because our system is so like kind of top heavy at the moment there's nowhere for them to go right so they're kind of founding these organic communities which is what davenant has become right it's an organic community of mostly mostly millennial guys right mm -hmm. who can't find their place out in academia because academia only has so many slots available and they're mostly being occupied by people in their 60s and 70s and they're all speaking within the guardrails of the trinitarian protestant tradition right mm -hmm. that for me was so powerful i think so often we think of constraint as limiting like our ability to kind of make things happen but it's actually the opposite i in my experience working in a place that's you know highly secular 
uh, highly unconstrained in many ways, there's actually massive limitations to that because it's like, it's like music, right? Music is notes within time and space. And there's a defined time and space and pattern for those notes to be played, right? The constraints of that time and space actually lend beauty to the sound. And if you remove those constraints, well, you end up with noise and no one wants to listen to noise. Noise is actually painful and difficult for you to hear. So much the same way in thinking, I'm hearing these guys talk about all these different ideas, but all within the concept of like the creedal tradition. And it just kind of opened my eyes like, wow, this needs to be like, we need to build this thing. This needs, needs to be out there. More people need exposure to this. Um, and it was a very profound experience for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that was my experience too, Justin, because um, I had been reading Davenant stuff, blog uh, posts, the Ad Fontes publish, uh, publisher, uh, publishings, um, listening to YouTube videos with like Brad and Joe. Um, I, re I remember the first convivium, I was so excited to meet Joe because I was a big Jonathan Lehman guy back in the day. I uh, still love Jonathan. He's a good brother that yeah. contributes a lot to the discourse. Uh, but Joe had sat down to have a conversation with him. And I was like, who's this guy? Like, this guy, he sounds like he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm like, I can't wait to meet that guy. I'm going to tell him all the things that I think. Uh, and then I meet Joe and he's just like the friendliest person in the world. And you're like, oh, hey, man, maybe we shouldn't argue. Let's have a beer. Um, but that was the whole vibe. And I was hooked after the first convivium precisely because of what you're talking about. Um, yeah. It really is a beautiful place to be because people care more about um, your ability to think with them than they do about what it is actually, actually that you think. If you can just have the ability to think with them honestly, uh, then you have a place. That's, all, I, that's all that's required. And I think something that has even, you know, I said this, I think, on the the other podcast that Davin supports, the Ad Fontes podcast. We That's don't have right. That's right. Our um, dear brothers, our, our dear, yes. our dear, dear, dear brothers. Yes. Dear, com dear competitors. Our no. dear competitors. That's right. <laughs> it's not really a competition. I mean, come on. <laughs> we all know that we're better. I mean, it's obvious that. Yeah. 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 So I, I had said, you know, my my whole formation, you know, I'd grown up in the church and been confirmed and you know, mm. taught confirmation classes and, you know, biblical knowledge and all that stuff. Uh, but my intellectual formation as a Christian was through First Things magazine. Right. Mm. And uh, and like 2004, 2005 kind of got hooked into that and realized there's this like intellectual tradition to the faith that I just wasn't super familiar with. And so I went back. But like that was great. But it was also like this highly Catholic formation. Right. right. Experiencing Davenant was like opening my eyes to like, oh, man, this is actually possible in the Protestant Reformed tradition. Right. And the yes. larger Protestant tradition, but yeah. also the Reformed tradition. Um, and, and for me, that was just like, man, this is necessary. This is necessary and good. I think the other thing I could say that's different than what I said on the Ad Fontes podcast, I've been part of like the different group chats we have, is there's something about us knowing that whatever we're coming from, we're coming from it with the perspective of being Christian brothers who are focused mm -hmm. on like a, a similar shared mission that allows us to like be honest with one another and, mm -hmm. and respond in charity, right? Yeah. That's kind of what's happened. Like, we don't all agree with each other. Like, that's that's, right. that's very clear, right? And that's yeah. part of the beauty of it. But because of the shared understanding that we're involved in the same project, we can be charitable in our responses and honest in our thoughts. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting because we're very much at a... That's a very interesting thought, Justin, because Davenant is very much at a stage of, of kind of... Well, we're institution building. I mean, I mean, the trajectory of Davenant is very exciting. You know, we're all young guys. We're all excited. I mean, Justin, if I recall, uh, is the oldest person on our team. <laughs> I just turned forty, and I'm right. I'm right under Justin. So we're, you know, we're, we're 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 and there's there's exciting things about that, and there's challenges to that. Is yeah, we're a bunch of guys. Uh, we're under. We're 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 uh, at the oldest in our forties. And right, we don't always disagree. And what's been kind of fascinating over the last couple of years is to actually witness several moments where if love was not in the air, if that was not the very project itself, it could all fall apart. 
because disagreements are hard to work through. I mean, when you're building an institution and you have a lot of people with a lot of thoughts about where it should go, if you really don't love each other and listen to each other, the institution will fail. And there's been several moments where there's a little part of my lizard brain can go, oh no, or, you know, are we, fall- is the team, is the fellowship breaking? <laughs> right. You know, but, but what you just said, Christian charity and there's almost a habit developed that we know when a crisis happens at this point, well, Christian charity is available to, to work through these things. And it reminds me of um, uh, one of the themes I really find fascinating in Lewis and in uh, Tolkien that is just very New Testament is that the, uh, uh, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but the, the, the sort of the, those who are fighting on the side of the angels, as it were, are always a ragtag team of characters. You know, you think of the fellowship, you think of the St. Abbey's Saint Abbey's house in the in the that hideous strength. They're all very different. The full range of human sort of personalities is expressed, and they bicker a bunch, just like the disciples, just like the church. Uh, whereas evil, by interest, the depiction of evil is the orcs. And, and what evil does is actually reduce humanity. It reduces uh, what, what an evil project tends to do is actually create a monolith. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. there's something about uh, uh, God's way of people working together that it preserves the, yeah, that, that very diversity uh, that, yeah, that very prof, you know, you know, more expansive profile. Um, yeah. Hmm. Justin, maybe you can tell us, um, what you're so what what is it that you are going to be helping the davenant accomplish uh, so we haven't really talked about what your formal role is so we've uh, we're all on board with the davenant institute and we're all engaged in a project of building the institute and so what 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 job what tool are you being handed in saying work on this area yeah so you know it's uh it's interesting i don't have advanced degrees um i'm but a lowly high school football coach english teacher um, you know, so I try and stay in my lane in that regard. I'm not going to try and out argue you philosophically. I'm like the, uh, <laughs> you ever seen the, the, the midwit thing, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's the, the really smart guy over here. You got like, like, uh, whoever, I don't know, whatever philosopher over here. And then you got the midwit and then the guy on the other side, it's like, cause my grandma told me that's me. Right. I'm that guy. Yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Colin, Colin can be this guy. I'll be that guy. We both arrive yeah. at the same place, but I'm just like, I just look at the world and see how it is. So, right. Um, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, uh, uh, I think so a number of the skills that, and this is kind of God, right? Like God has taken me through this experience of shepherding and leading a group of men and young men in football in mm-hmm. a place where I had to, kind of do my own stuff and fundraise my own things and uh, build my own program and do all that stuff. And all those skills that I needed there are applicable in all sorts of situations out in these other organizations. I've realized this, right? One of those is development, right? So I've been asked uh, as a chief development officer to kind of build out a, both a, a combination of fundraising, but also recognition building, right? Because the brand Davenant and who we are, you know, who you guys are as people. It's one of the things I said before is that the strength of Davenant is in the people of Davenant. And I hold yes. that. Right? Yep. Um, and that's even more clear to me now than it was after the convivium, after being in dialogue with all of you guys. Um, the strength of our organization is the, the quality of people that we have associated with us. So how do we raise money? Obviously we, we want this thing to keep going. Got to have money to do that. But also uh, how do we get, people to see Davenant? How do we get Davenant in front of people? How do we get you guys in front of audiences, whether it's online, digitally? We're having a a fundraising dinner in the Bay Area coming up uh, March 11th. I think we're going to plan for uh, some other events out in the Midwest uh, during the summer. Uh, We've been talking about maybe trying to get something done in Florida. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, getting you guys up in front of people uh, so that we can kind of spread the message, right? Evangelize, so to speak about the message of Davenant is because here's the, here's the thing for me. We are locked in such bitterness right now uh, as a country, uh, really, I mean, as a, as a civilization, there is such Mm -hmm. bitter division that exists and all of the frame within which we're inhabiting does not have the answers to solve the problems with which we're exposed. Right. 
Right? And so what Davidin's doing is it's reaching outside the frame and it's pulling stuff in that is like, hey, here's potential, right? Like one of the things I struggled with and I am by nature uh, a rule, I don't know what the right word would be. I'm not a rule breaker, but I'm by nature a rule skirter. You're a habitual, <laughs> you're, you're a habitual line stepper. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. You're yeah. Californian. Yes. I am California, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So like one of the blessings for me was in Davenant, you know, uh, being exposed to all these, you know, all this literature, all this stuff that came out of the different reformers and their thoughts on things like, what do the legal authorities have the right to tell you to do and not do? Right. Stuff yeah. that I, within my frame, within the American frame, within the current modern West, right. Really in the, the last 70 years, uh, you know, being exposed to these ideas than these Christians who are like saying like, no, it's okay. Like there are times where it's okay to be disobedient, but here are some qualifiers as to when that is. And maybe this isn't the right time. And there's other times where the authorities are to be obeyed. And here's the reasons why. And it's not just building it on like a biblical concept of like, well, Romans 13 there, there's your answer. Right. Because right. that just falls apart in the face of the entirety of scripture. Right. You know, Right. Uh, there's a lot of, of other scripture talking about the legal authority. So Davenant having answers to these questions by, by reaching outside of our frame and pulling these answers forward is just, to me, so powerful and so necessary if we're going to see this church thrive and flourish and our culture thrive and flourish. Yeah. And yeah I think, the, the, oh, go ahead, Dale. Well, I was just, just on, uh, wanted to follow up one quick thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, precisely because that's the stated mission of Davenant is to recover wisdom for the modern age yeah. for the modern church uh so we are leaning on tradition but we're pulling from all the things that are available and we're trying to sniff out the things that are that are not available to make them available um in order to help us uh, you know navigate the the troubled waters of modernity um and that's really something joe and i have been interested yeah. in podcast so one of the things i really appreciated about justin when i met him because it's really what you just said, Justin, like uh, uh, the world is complicated and we're all kind of in a mess and we're all we're all kind of walking around confused and there's all these practical issues. We have our framework for solving them, but clearly most common public discourse, you think Christian political theology or moral discourse, most of it at this point in public is at is at an impasse and people are just shouting what they've been saying to each other for for decades and the, and you see very little you see very little movement of persuasion you see maybe a couple of people exchange here and there one arminian becomes a calvinist every now and again or whatever uh uh but one of the things that it really attracted I found really attractive about at, le at least a lot of the founders of Davenant, and I and this is a hard, hard thing to maintain, but it's a thing I think we've we we we've aspired to and are still aspiring to, uh, is the uh, the non-adversarial nature of your first movement toward people in discourse, and so even outside Christian networks, you know, you're talking about our our civilization is full of bitterness. One of the things we would love to be is the people who, you know, you you we we can you can dialogue with the person who is uh, uh, you know speaking in woke language or something like that, for instance, and you can cultivate in yourself. I'm not going to get triggered by that. I'm going to try and hold the handle, move over here, and you're uh, and still be open to them as a human because I don't read them as just a just a person who's who's repeating lines. They might have insight for me. And in the process of that, you you actually enable yourself to get close enough to persuade and to receive from them. And you're also not just projecting a demon into them. And this is full circle. One of the things I appreciate about Justin, the conference we were at this last summer was, uh, was on education uh, and on classical education. And one of the things in my own talk on, on classical education at the conference uh, was that I think a lot of times classical education can be a kind of a, a LARPy project. It can be this thing where we're sort of producing this sort of set of culture warriors off to the side over here. Uh, and, and we're recovering, quote, quote, the tradition, uh, you know, by downloading it into these consciousnesses. And most of the time they either become very immature culture warriors, or no, I shouldn't say most of the time, a lot of the time. A lot of people educated in this manner become, you know, culture warriors off 
you know, being annoying on the internet, or they just reject the whole thing, which I've, you know, I've seen dozens and dozens of times. But Justin is here, Justin was there, and I was talking about, you know, the essence of what classical education is about and the recovery of the tradition is about uh, is something that really can happen in the trailer park with just a random person. It really can. I don't mean it's going to be the best thing. I just mean you can approximate. And it just so happens that Justin was teaching uh, classical texts. Uh, it, he raised his hand and, as an example, was teaching classical texts in a very non-traditional environment to be teaching classical texts, uh, you know, with people who would not otherwise ever, you know, sort of encounter that material. And that's a very long-winded way of, one, of saying one of the things I appreciate about Justin is that uh, you're in the real world. Like, part of what we want is not just how do Christians over here in our little commune come up with the right, quote, quote, answers for the internet warriors together. You live in the, well, right outside the Bay Area. Uh, I won't give you your address because, you know, uh, uh, you, know uh, uh, you know, I don't want Zuck and the FBI to know where you live. Right. The feds uh, are already listening, Joe. They're already listening. We, yeah, we know. I mean, I would be offended if the feds don't listen to our, I hope they find us dangerous. Uh, no, no. <laughs> in the good way, in the good way. Uh, 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 but, uh, yeah, it's it's that you're you can you know when you came into this project it was it was largely with an eyeball toward people around you that are in the world. It's not just sort of Christians circling their wagons. It's the fragrance of the project toward your neighbors who have who are not just never heard any of this as Christians, but who live in a world who has no category for this, and yet you can plug it directly into them precisely when you don't just relate to them as your adversary. We fight against the devil, <laughs> not against flesh and blood. Those are our brothers, and we want to win them. Yeah. No, I think that's, that is exactly right. Um, yeah, I was teaching, you know, I, I think that was one of, the, one of the things that I've always just felt is that, like, this is not stuff that's only accessible to certain groups, but that if this is good, if it's, like, good food, then we should be serving it to everybody, right? Like, that's kind of the idea, right? And there just seems to be a lot of that good food that's accessible to people from all walks of life and all cultures and all places, right? Um, and so, so I think, yeah, part of that is uh, there's a certain kind of egalitarianism there. But I also think that there's something else going on, too. And it, it reminds me, I read this uh, Joseph Keegan, who wrote that really, really beautiful essay about the NatCon conference. Did you read that? It was no. Like, no. I've never read a political essay that was so beautifully written. Right. Uh, it was about his experience attending this thing and kind of the the just kind of the well, I don't want to I won't impugn Florida, but just, you know, <laughs> yes, we can uh, handle what was it. Going on inside the conference was like kind of reflected in what was happening and what he was observing outside the conference. But he wrote this other essay where he was talking about his experience um, kind of traveling around, reading literature with union workers and and guys who work on the docks and like. Uh, a random single mom, like they're in these reading groups. And it's just this, it's this clear thing that this stuff is, is actually needed. It's necessary. It's good. Right. If we're going to escape the frame that we find ourselves in. Uh, and I do believe like the only way out is through, I believe it. Right. There's no, there's no like running away and building like a commune. that's going to somehow like save you. from. Yeah. All there's this. no escape hatch from modernity. We're here fellas. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, so if, if that's the case, then it's important that we bring this stuff forward and just like say, hey, look, like this is all real and good. Uh, you know, and, and one of the other things that, that struck me is there's so much in our culture, especially stuff over the past like 50, 60 years, I think, that, uh, that maybe has been built on foundations that aren't real. Right. And I think that's one of the projects that Davin is doing is like reaching back and finding the foundation. Like Dale, you said, pulling it forward and making it useful and bringing that back, which hasn't been accessible and making it accessible. I think uh, one of my friends is getting his Ph.D. and he's realized that like all the scholarship of the past 30 years on this subject is based on one guy's interpretation of a partial text of the author. Right. And that that one interpretation does not consider like the other text the author wrote. And so you've got 30 years of scholarship basically built on a single thing that's not actually based on what he claims it's based on. Right. And so 
where, how much of that is going on, right? And that seems to be like one of Davin's projects is pulling this stuff forward and like testing it, right? Like you would test gold, right? It's, it's, a, it's a touchstone to, to see if this is authentic or to see maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe this has all just been a misinterpretation based off something that wasn't true. So I think, you know, all those things are, are, are really kind of powerful to me. Yeah. And I think that another thing that Davin is doing well is strategizing because right, the modern age, especially with education is difficult because of the proliferation of education. It was easy, not easy, but it was easy. It was easier to identify who was going to get an education and then deal with that, that group of people because it was largely based on class and money, right? Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it's the liberal arts, the liberating arts for free men. It wasn't for slaves or servants. Uh, but now with modernity and the proliferation of education um, being available to everyone, that presents not only um, a, a problem with the content that you're distributing, but the ways in which you can distribute it. So how do you scale? something like was going on in the classical university how what does that look like given the fact that we have an internet now um you you know like those questions are tricky and one thing i appreciate about our group um is that we are really trying to think about how to do this well and and serve the people not just the elites um because i think that there is this weird sort of uh, vibe that a lot of the quote unquote classical educators or people that are in recovery projects get when it comes to education. And that's like, oh, that's for those guys over there. Like Joe said, like I live in a trailer park that's inaccessible to me. Um, And we're trying to say, not really. Uh, Look at the ways we're trying to reimagine what the university model looks like in the digital age. Right. It takes it takes a little bit of like it takes a little bit of talent perhaps to uh engage in the discussion but yeah. uh you know if to, to go ratatouille uh talent can come from anywhere uh you know uh, <laughs> uh and that that's really what's exciting to me one of the things that I, i've really enjoyed teaching the classes is seeing uh you know we're, 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 what Dale just said. You know, there's there's a sort of reimagination of how does how do we model education in the modern world with modern needs during a time of a real shifting educational structure. The university classical movements, etc. You're seeing high, the very nature of high schools even shift in some ways. Uh, so you're there's all these moving parts, uh, Dale. As Dale was just sort of alluding to, there's all these moving parts about what education is even meaning in the modern world. And one of the things that I think Davenant uh, has has sort of tailored itself to provide is a, again, if you can stare at the average thinking Christian and say, this is an overwhelming place to live in. You get a million theological messages a day. There's a million theological celebrities. There's a million Catholics and a million Protestants writing a million articles. How in the world do I work through this all? Really what I think something like Davenant Hall provides is a is a way to work through the basics of the philosophical, theological, biblical, and political theological tradition so that, it, what I think is brilliant about it though, is, is so that you can plug it right back into whatever you want that for. So in my classes, for instance, when I assign papers, I always tell them, not every professor does this, but I always say, I just Uh-oh, want you to- uh, I, you know, Hopefully, don't 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 give out anything you don't want coming back on you. Jeff. Oh no, that's fine. Because uh, uh, if uh, if they, if they uh, the great thing about the great thing about the Davidet Institute is uh, we can we can argue. Uh, so maybe maybe yes. maybe sorry, future students, maybe this won't happen uh, because I'm saying it out loud. But I tend to say, I want your paper to be you taking the material and making it yours in some way. I want it. I want it to go back to your life. And so one of the things that's been such a privilege to see is like we're seeing pastors who want supplementary theological education, elders who want to learn to eld well, because why not? The tradition is helpful to learn to eld. Uh, uh, People who are in other academic programs uh, uh, who want, who, who are, do not get classes on this stuff. 
uh, people who are getting our material instead of go, that's actually an increasing number who going here instead of getting that others, instead of going to another seminary or academic program. But a lot of it is, uh, I've seen housewives uh, uh, who just want to know because women are important for civilization and them knowing the tradition and, and, and sharing that with their whole community and all of their, I've seen all of that full spectrum. And what's kind of exciting is to see what you just said, Justin, this really is for everybody. Again, it's, it, it tends to be from every group, the, the person who's intellectually inclined, naturally, who's going to go find something like Davenant. But across that spectrum, those with that curiosity uh, uh, are, are coming and, and, and uh, just trades people who want an affordable way to have a tutorship through the tradition. And yeah. each of them or just professionals. I'm seeing that lawyers and stuff, but, uh, but, uh, but, but in an environment where you're just allowed to ask whatever you want and just work through it all. And then you figure kind of figure your own relationship to it all out as you go along. Uh, and so, yeah, it's for every, it really is for everybody. And it's, ex I don't know, it's exciting to see a, an educational product that sort of connects people in a way with tutors through the tradition. That's really a way to think about Davenant. Yeah. And, and for me, you know, one of the big things I've seen is just, you know, as a pastor, you spend so much time trying to deal with people and issues and things in the church and things in the culture. You don't have time to think, like you don't have time to sit and read these things. Right. And if you do, then you, you probably maybe read a survey course on them at, you know, some seminary, you, you probably certainly never read any primary texts. Right. Like if you read about the reformers, you may have read like part of Luther or part of Calvin or maybe just a secondary literature on like, here's what Calvin thought on these different subjects. Here's what Zwingli thought on these different subjects. You probably never read. But at Davenant, it's like, hey, we're affordable. Right. You can come take one of our classes, audit one of our classes. Right. Uh, join our, our degree program and you get exposure to the primary texts. Yeah. Right. You will lead these things. You will have a depth of understanding. I mean, it's like it's like this. It, it's kind of crazy to me. You think about like, what would it feel like if your kids had never read Lord of the Rings? Right. Or even seen the extended version. They just seen the theatrical release of each of those movies. Right. How shallow would their connection to that story be? Right. How how much would they miss on the way? How much beauty and depth? and wisdom would they miss on the way? And that's kind of what our modern seminary has become, right? Like, mm. hey, instead of like reading the Lord of the Rings, right? We're just gonna show you these like, you know, two hour highlights where we're gonna leave out a bunch of stuff because we don't think it's important, even though that's that very stuff lends like a, a depth and a reality to it that it doesn't exist otherwise. And then you ask like, well, why has the American church kind of gone off the deep end in, in all sorts of directions? I think it's because we've become detached from that reality. And so Davenant's yeah. here, like, kind of reattaching, right? Like saying, no, 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 let's go back and, like, let's reattach things. And so we can we can kind of find some stability, I guess, or, or find an anchor in this place. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I, I was first starting to go to seminary, my pastor was, he, he told me, he said, listen, just get through seminary. And then when you're done, that's when you will really start to do your academic thing. That's when you really will start to grow. Um, and so that was my approach to seminary. And I wonder how many young people are approaching it that way. Mm. Like, okay, this is just a prerequisite to get the degree in order for me to get the job in order for me to begin studying what I want to study. Mm. And I think what Davenant offers is... Um, First of all, our courses are cool because they're interesting. They're interesting because they're not packaged in the same way and offered in the same way as the current sort of model. And this is not to say, I'm not gonna stand up here and bash you know, all seminaries. Uh, I think that, I mean, we, <laughs> we have lots, yeah, but I mean, we have lots of friends that are professors at good seminaries that yeah. do good. Well, work I'm a graduate of RTS and DC, and uh, what Justin just said, I think, is very correct. Not about my. Uh, let me. Let me. Not about RTS and DC. Not about the RTS I went to, but it is correct about a lot of people's seminary experience. It is true that you can go through seminary and really have 
a remarkable lack of exposure to, yeah. you know, what you're what basically, Justin, what you're calling the good food of the tradition. Like, and it's not, you know, we're not traditionalists. Again, we're all about contemporary application, but you, you, you don't get the exposure to the, the kind of fullness of the feast that's available. Uh, and you get a bunch of exposure to things that I, I think are not very useful in a lot of seminaries. And I think my, my, I mean, our, I think the, my experience with, in RTS, I would say I was very, they did a very good job of, of biblical and theological education. So like we had to read through all of Bavink for our systematics. The biblical education was very, very good. And there was, I think, an Im significant improvement. And there has been over in the, in, I think, at least the RTS system of uh, I think it's philosophical education over the over and I think that's increasing the the trend I think at uh, the RTS system that's the only one I'm intimately aware of the trend is I think very much in the direction of something that's an ally project of our you know allied to our pro even though uh, some people will go to Davenant instead of an RTS that's just that is the reality of, of 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 our model is that for some people it will function as an alternative I'm if Davenant had been available when I was going to RTS I might have gone to Davenant uh, and so yeah it can very much function uh, so th there's all that to say but Justin's larger point is correct that uh, you really can go get a whole pastor and Dale's point. On the one hand, you can go get a pastoral education that really, quote, quote, pastoral education that really does not uh, 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 introduce you to a lot of just key, <laughs> the basics in a sense. You can get uneducated in the basics. But moreover, what Dale just said, I think is also correct, that a lot of people's seminary experience is kind of about arriving at a credential rather than the journey of knowing itself. Uh, that's not everybody. Davenant almost, um, and maybe this is just the nature of what it is and its relationship to credentialing right now, just doesn't have a lot of that. Most of yeah. my students are very, I, I'm, I'm very impressed with how quality each of my students are. They're very excited and very energetic yeah. uh their, their their desire to be there and to soak the things uh is palpable uh yeah mm. and that's yeah that's been good well maybe as a way to sort of uh bring this thing to a to a close is to say justin um what do you think about the future what are some things that you would like people to know about davenant that perhaps joe and i are not intentional enough to always say it on our show um, and yeah, what's the future look like? What are, what's the plans that we've got going? Um, any big things coming up in 2022 for the rest of the year or perhaps next year. So I'll sort of like throw this out to you to say, go get the, go get them brother. Where, where, how, you're, how you're are you? You're not here to, to fire that? us, are you? Uh, like, is this, was this a setup? <laughs> yeah, up, yeah. I mean, yeah, the future includes no one in Texas or Florida. No, I'm just, uh, <laughs> no um, I mean, you know, what does the future hold? I mean, if there's anything I've learned over the past two years is that that answer is basically mm. uh, uh, basically just a shot in the dark. No one actually knows these things. Right. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think about like, what does the future hold? You know, we uh, California just got rid of the mask mandate. But when I. Uh, you know, which, you know, when it was in place, I followed and now it's not in place. I'm not following. But then I find myself like the only person in Home Depot without a mask on. Right. Right. Uh, which is just a it's a crazy experience. Right. Because now you feel like, all right, should I put the mask on? Because everyone else has the mask on. And am I, am I making a statement here? I don't think I'm making a statement. I'm just trying to follow the rules. Like what's going on? So, right. you know, uh, you know, what does the future hold? I don't know. What does the future hold for us? Uh, one of the big things, besides obviously the, the fundraising aspect, but like I said, is one of the big things I want to do is get you guys in front of groups of people, right? Um, you know, whether that's digitally, although, I, again, physically, right, being in front of people. So this looks like, uh, like I said, the dinner that we're having in the Bay Area on March 11th, which you can find on our website. Uh, at, we're going to have Ryan T. Anderson out. He's going to speak on firsthand experience. How do you how do you do Christian witness in a hostile culture? Right. Here's a guy who in 2012 wrote a book in defense of marriage 
and was invited to all these universities and all these places and debated and did all this stuff, yeah. right? He was like this. And then in 2019, he writes a book on transgenderism and no one's inviting him anywhere. And Amazon bans the sale of his book. And it's a very different cultural environment we find ourselves in seven years later, right? Um, so how do we go about witnessing in a culture that doesn't want to hear it, right? Um, again, not like antagonistically, but just like practically right. and what are some of sure. the potential negative right. effects of that, right? Yeah. Um, so that's going to be one. Uh, we're going to have a number of events in the Midwest, which information will come out for in different people's homes, uh, supporters of Davenant. Uh, the goal is to try and maybe do some joint things with some other organizations, maybe even like a Protestant Catholic debate, uh, because mm -hmm. I think that we are the intellectual heavyweights necessary to step in. And, and like, I think Auntie had written an article, uh, who formerly the editor of uh, Ad Fontes. Now, what's his official title now with the group? I think he's still an editor, right? I'm the, I, I will very soon be the editor in chief. Ansi yeah. is the, Ansi is the senior or general editor of Advantis. So he'll keep the kind of top dog role at Advantis. Yeah. 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 As yeah. he, and let's, you know, as we are all very excited for him moving into like some of the best graduate programs. Like, yes. You know, Ansi's a, Ansi's a treasure. Yeah. 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 And so we're you know, very excited about that. Um, so, so, different events. I think uh, the goal is to start hosting annual events in uh, Davenant House uh, to kind of find uh, donors to create like a stable fund on which to fund the maintenance of the property. And so we'll be doing something in the fall out there. Uh, I think we're having planning to do an event in New York City in the fall, uh, maybe with mm. uh, Colin and a uh, certain well-known Catholic public writer slash intellectual. Um, so just trying to kind of build these different things, right? Get ourselves out there in the mix, so to speak, um, and and expose expose the general population. Because like, I, you know, talking to one of the pastors at my church, I go to a fairly large uh, uh, evangelical church in the Bay Area, and uh, there's not many of us. Uh, it's one of the few, uh, and it's certainly not like the church that Dale and I went to in Dallas. That was uh, that yeah. was something else. So that was something um, else. <laughs> Yeah. The so watermark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I'll reserve my thoughts. I have many thoughts. Um, <laughs> no, but just like, and again, I'm not knocking seminaries earlier. Like seminaries are beautiful and good, but they're, you know, I just, let's be clear. There are some things. But so one of the things I want to do, and I was talking to my pastor and he's, you know, at like the things that the church is right now struggling with, my church specifically is struggling with, Davenant has thought through like five or six years ago, right? Mm. Like we're on the cutting edge of thinking about these things, right? Because we're at the academic, at the world of academia, dealing with these ideas and these thoughts and like grappling with them from a creedal, a creedal perspective. And so now my pastor, who's a really smart guy at my church, really well-educated, right? But, you know, is has questions. He's running into these issues. And I'm like pointing him to Davenant going like, like, he, and he's saying like, man, I, I, I wish more people knew about this because they're trying to wrestle with these things on their own that we've already wrestled with and kind of conceptually figured out how to kind of engage them as, as Christians without having to give up the tradition, right? Yeah. And the faith, um, it, that needs to be out there. More people need to know about this, right? Because mm -hmm. otherwise it's like, we're doing our thing and it's amazing, but it's like, you know, we're on a we're on like a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean and everyone's on these life rafts and they're like getting swamped by the water and if they don't know there's a cruise ship there then they'll just sit there and drown right yes. but, but we have the ability to kind of rescue them and rehabilitate them and then send them back out how would you distinguish that from and maybe this is a good last question uh you know there's a lot of apologetics ministries out there who sort of posture themselves as kind of the answer people for the for the woes of the times you know, there's, there's, those are, there's a million of those. Uh, you know, if somebody were to come up and say, what makes Davenant not just another one of those? How would you, how would you respond to that? Yeah, I think, uh, I think we are less apologetics in the sense of like converting the non-believer, right? We're out there. I don't think that's necessarily our mission. Obviously, we're more than happy to engage with non-believers. Yeah. But I, I don't think, I think ours is more in like, we're like the strength coaches of the American church. Like we're not going to take a non-athlete and make them an athlete. 
But we can take athletes and we can make them bigger, we can make them faster, we can make mm. them stronger, put it in the parlance of the, of the times, right, and mm. the, the metaphor. So Davenant is that, is that organization that I think is necessary to help strengthen, build up the American church by building up the laity, building up the eldership, building up the pastors, and so that they can have a firm foundation from which to like engage with the cultural issues of the time, to engage yeah. with the problems that come to their church, right? Mm. Um, you know, and so it's affordable uh, and accessible for your ordinary pastor who's already got the talent, you know, uh, and the inclination. But it's like, yeah, come here for 10 weeks and this will really help you just work through the things. Yeah. 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 Like I said, you know, uh, your, your strength conditioning coach is not going to take someone who can't run and make them run. Right. Like you're born either knowing how to run or not. Right. They can't take someone who's like physically unable and turn them into a, a star athlete, but they can take people who have potential and make them like increase their potential. I see Davenant functioning in the same way. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, and you know, it's exciting to be at this moment at, at, with friends um, mm. because like Justin and I message, message each other quite often and he's a buddy of mine. Uh, and I feel totally comfortable. Like it feels like we've known each other forever. It really does feel that way when you and I talk, brother. So it's a good squad uh, with a good vision. And may God help us to yeah reach more people and continue to build the institution. So, well, this was really good. Uh, thank you so much, Justin. Um, any places that you want to be found, or is there any way people can get in touch with you? Or no? Okay, you want phone number? I don't, no. I don't want to be found. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he right. once was lost. He's already been found. He doesn't need it's, to be found. That's right. Hallelujah, brother. Yeah, hallelujah. you know, I, yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter apparently, and quoted in the Daily Wire somehow. Though, I don't, <laughs> oh, nice. I don't know if that's a credential. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was, that was not expected, nor necessarily desired. I didn't think I said anything that interesting. So you know, yeah. who knows, right? You know, that's like, pretty. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, oh wow. I'll have to go look at that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I. Uh, um, you can find me, you know, at j.redimer at davenantinstitute.org. Uh, um, you can find me uh, on Twitter, jredimer, Justin Redimer, um, tweeting occasionally, mostly just observing reality, not really making too many comments about it that I think that are super yeah. controversial. Maybe they are. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you can find me there. You can find me in, in Hayward, California, Stack City, right? I'll throw it up for the stack. <laughs> Um, right. is that a, is that a pilgrim faith first oh that's yes. yeah i think so yeah but it won't be the last now that we've now we've broken that so i'm gonna start go. flash flashing my city's sign brother there well then go. then i'll end it there on a strong note and say thank you okay. guys very much for having me yes Thanks for coming, bro. All right. Well, as always, head over to davenantinstitute.org. You can also check out all of our other podcasts on uh, the Davenant Institute YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, all the other podcast catchers. Uh, look us up, share it if you like it. Um, and uh, Joe, I love you, brother. Love you too, man. We will see you all next time. See ya.